Welcome to the 20-Minute Podcast, a ministry of King of Kings Lutheran Church. We are a caring community reaching in friendship with Christ. Follow us on social media at King of Kings CR or visit us on the web at www.kingofkingscr.org. Well, hello, welcome to the 20-Minute Podcast. I'm sitting here with Pastor Ridge Balvans. And I'm with Tony Dixon. Well, we're, we're, well, sort of. Kind of sitting together. Yeah, he's way down over there, and I'm way up here. That's right. Hello down there. Uh, hello down there. <laughs> I don't know why I raised my hand. They can't see that. I, you know, it's funny because average people only try and stay six feet away from each other, and here we are, what, 15, 12? I don't know, something like that. At least that much. That makes me feel comfortable I'm anyway. <laughs> a little bit more comfortable, right? <laughs> Here, I brought this in, too, so you can use this. We'll pass it way down. Slide it down the yeah, table. here we go. All right. There, oh, there we go. There you go. So, have you ever been a bartender? No, never. Oh, I mean, that came down the bar just like you were accomplished at it. For those of you who can't see, I just slid a bottle of hand sanitizer. Yeah, and it was just like the bartender oh, on Gunsmoke sliding it down the bar to Matt Dillon. I don't know what you're talking about, you're... but I'm going to take your word for it. <laughs> I know you're not. There we go. I know. I'm trying to think of a more modern no. reference, but I, I can't. Now we are properly sanitized. Oh. I suppose the modern reference would be a person sliding hand sanitizer to another person. Probably would. It's very... Boy, that's a nice smelling one, too. It's a nice aloe. Aloe something. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> generic. <laughs> that means, that's right. That means we're ready to go. It was the last one on the shelf, whatever it was. That's right. So, Rich, how's it going? Well, pretty good. You know, I, like everyone, I suppose, uh, uh, I, I've i been wanting to know as much as I can know about the coronavirus uh, outbreak and its impact without actually getting totally absorbed by it. Yeah, I understand that. It's not too difficult to see, especially now that we're all staying inside, or at least somewhat staying inside, isolated yeah. from others. I mean, what else is there to do but maybe to go on social media and Facebook and kind of connect with people in that way? But boy, there's a lot of stuff out there, isn't there? Oh, and I spend more time online than I should, I suppose, because of that phone that you carry around with you all the time. But <laughs> it's gotten so repetitive. The messages are all the same messages, and the the memes are all the same memes, and the photos are all the same photos, and, and all of the objections and the arguments are all the same. You tend to start kind of wanting to just phase that out and not listen. Right. There's so much of it. And it's overwhelming. What I've noticed is for those who want to focus on the negative, there are plenty of things out there that focus on the negative. <laughs> oh, yeah. For those who want to focus on the positive, which is great, there are plenty of things out there to focus on as well that are encouraging, that are filled with hope, but it's almost just information overload. You know what I think it boils down to is everyone wants to be hopeful. They want to have a positive message to transmit to one another, but after a while it just becomes, well... Yeah, I've seen this before. I've heard this before. And I hate to say it, but even the religious ones, the ones that are aimed at being supportive and encouraging and, and hopeful about God is in control and all that sort of even even those become sort of, eh. Kind of a cliche yeah, type of exactly, thing. Exactly, exactly. Because as you, you mentioned the word connection. Mm -hmm. It's an attempt to connect, I understand, but it doesn't hit the mark exactly. Connecting on social media, even now, is a little different. Well, it's a lot different than connecting in person. But even as we seek out ways to connect with each other, whether that be over a text or a phone call, 
or whatever it may be. Even a post on social media is still different than that. I don't always post on social media thinking that I'm going to get personal interaction with another individual mm-hmm. uh, so much as maybe just I think that something was important or I wanted to I wanted to share something <laughs> that I thought was funny with someone else or, or whatever may be the case. Yeah, or I'm more into oddities. <laughs> that doesn't <laughs> you know, surprise me. Strange occurrences, that sort of thing, you know, stuff <laughs> I mean, that's... Everybody little, out there just, just went, what? A little off the wall. <laughs> Pastor Rich, he's into that stuff? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, not that... That kind of stuff, <laughs> but just things that are unique or special, which is why I, yeah. you know, follow antique tractors and things yeah, like yeah. that, that, you know, it just kind of keeps you in your world rather than being pulled out of it, sort of the day-to-day type of thing. Yeah. And what I see over and over again, I think that's behind a lot of the things going around on social media is, uh, well, two things, really. One is that people are really looking for hope, mm-hmm. uh, They're whether that's them posting a Bible verse or something, a video or something that they'd seen somewhere else and they want to share it with other people to both reassure themselves and others or or whatever it may be. I see people are kind of grasping for that hope mm-hmm. and trying to share that with others and the others in that relationship. And I think you see that very clearly in people trying to connect with each other, even if it's over a silly video post or yeah. You know, the the joke that everybody's now homeschooling their kids because, well, what are they going to do, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, well, all, what, all school is homeschool well, now. That's right. Some of the hope, I think, that people are, uh, as you kind of referred to, as being extended to others is sort of a self-assurance type of thing that we need to talk to others in order to hear ourselves say to ourselves what it is we have our hope in. Yeah. Who are we really talking to when we say these things, right? (laughs) That's exactly right. Well, you know, preaching a sermon, for instance, if it didn't connect with the preacher, it's not going to connect with the hearer. Sure. You have to be able to believe your own words. I would hope so. <laughs> and, and if you don't believe your own words, then no one else is going to hear and believe those words either. And so you can go through the motions. And I think that's a lot of what we're seeing is in social media right now is people going through the motions of being encouraging and trying to extend hope. But without that personal touch, it doesn't always hit the mark. Sure. So in these times when it's difficult to make that personal touch, because we're not, right? We're not going to go out and, in most cases, we're not going to go out and interact with other people physically, because that's being discouraged. It's understandable. But how does that happen? How does that take place? How can we do that very thing that we're trying to do, but maybe not quite hitting the mark when it comes to it? I hate to start on the negative side. But one of the things that a situation like this exposes for many people is that they have not made a connection to anyone previously. Yeah. And that's what leads to the isolation, the true isolation. Do you think that that's kind of like the majority of people that don't have those real deep connections? I think there's uh, an awful lot of people who don't have really deep connections. We have what you would call familiarities with people kind of like living in a neighborhood. Sure. You know, you have your neighbors that you're familiar with. They may not be your your best friends. Like our next door neighbor called the other day and said, well, we haven't seen you guys around necessarily, but I wanted you to know that the cover is blown off of your grill out on your deck. Oh, okay. And it's such a nice cover because it says Iowa State Cyclones on it. <laughs> so we don't want it to blow away. 
and be lost. You, you, you're lucky that the right person saw that happen. <laughs> Somebody else may have done something and different. So it. she was watching out for us. We watch out for them as well and our other neighbors. But it's not the deep personal connection that many of us want and need to have with someone. Right. And now that we don't even have those kind of other yeah, interactions so, with people, maybe it becomes a lot clearer yeah, exactly. that we're missing those things. Yeah. Huh? So how do, you, how do you do that then in times like this? You know, for one thing, I think this is an opportunity to start developing okay. those connections. Yeah. yeah. You know, if you've got an, a neighbor across the street whose name you know, but that's about it, this is an opportunity to quickly introduce yourself and check on them without any fear of suspicion or whatever. Sure. You know, that, yeah, it's kind of an open door. It is. Right? It, it, they may not open the door. <laughs> well, right. It literally might not be an open door. Yeah, huh? It might not be an open yeah. door, but still an open door. At least they know that you care and that you're checking on it. Exactly. And, and um, there's somebody always has to take a first step in establishing a relationship. Mm-hmm. And this is an opportunity for Christians especially who have, uh, but anyone, uh, to begin development of a true caring relationship with people that we know we should be involved with, who we know who we should care about, and and begin that process. Yeah, and using what's happening in our world right now, I think as a starting point for that is is a great idea. Even if it's not your next door neighbors, we all know plenty of people that we could reach out to with the phone. Oh yeah, and yeah. and check on them and. And that's what I notice uh, even in my own life. I'm calling people or texting people who I haven't texted in a while mm-hmm. to try to reach out to them and say, hey, how are you guys doing? What's going on? How are you handling being inside with your family for seven days without leaving? Uh, are you <laughs> are you all still sane? You know, <laughs> yeah. uh, And that type of thing. And, and then for those who are people who are older, just to check in and say, hey, are you, is everything going okay? And I've noticed, like you said, this is a, I hate to use the word excuse, but that's really what it is. This is a good reason or a good excuse to reach out to people. It's like a blank slate. Yeah. You know, because of the circumstances have essentially wiped away any pretense that might have existed previously. Any situations that might have existed between people before, that's all history. And it's not even memorable history at this point because something new has happened. Something has changed in the way we uh, look at life and our relationships. And so it's like a starting all over, a fresh beginning for it, at least an opportunity for that. Yeah. Well, so here's the question that comes to mind for me. And this isn't necessarily for you to answer, although I bet you could. <laughs> but it's more of a rhetorical question to think about. And, and that's really based on my experiences and seeing things on Facebook and my interactions with people, is it possible that at a time like this that we actually are growing closer to each other on a deeper level because we have to? I think that's certainly the case. Uh, At least that's the opportunity that exists. When I think back to what my parents and grandparents told me about their lives as they were during the Depression or World War II, for instance, when people were forced to essentially come together in ways that they maybe would not have otherwise. Those were real opportunities sure. in terms of relationship. My, uh, my home church, for instance, uh, in Eldora, Iowa, was built during the Depression. Okay, uh, It's a 
beautiful, large church built at a time when people didn't have money. I was going to say, the fact that something was being built during that time says a lot. Exactly. And they came together in a way that allowed them to contribute labor, resources, their horses for digging the basement, uh, which my grandfather and others did with those horse-drawn shovels, you know. And so all of those those kinds provide new opportunities. Now, if we could get together face-to-face immediately in this situation, it probably wouldn't happen. But the, the fact that we are being forced to isolate ourselves, it's like pulling on a rubber band. Each day that goes by, that rubber band gets tighter and tighter and tighter and tighter. And when it's all done, my hope is that rubber band just you let go of it and whammo people are yeah are wanting and desiring and actually relating to one another that's the part that i'm most curious about is really as we go through this what is life going to look like especially as we relate to each other i don't know that like what will relationship look like and that's (laughs) it's really hard to say and i'm not a historian uh, or a demographer or a city planner or anything like that. You're closer to but, those things than but, I am, though, that's, <laughs> but I would say. One of the things that happened after World War II, for instance, was the development of neighborhoods in planned right. developments and uh, also uh, homes that were built very close to one another. Right. And we got this then this 1950s ideal of families who live close together were good neighbors the children played together in the yards and all that now whether that was actually the case i don't know but in some places it was and so there's always something formative that -hmm. takes place in these types of circumstances and as you said it'll be interesting to see what that is when it when it's all done right I just want to skip to the end now and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know if we can if we're going to be able to skip to the end immediately, but I think we will begin at some point to have an opportunity to see what the result is likely to be. As we continue to to see people responding to uh, new information and and how things are coming out and things are changing, one of the things that I I think I struggle with a little bit, and maybe other people do as well, is our response as Christians to what's happening. And I especially appreciated a sermon that I heard lately. What was that, just yesterday <laughs> from someone? But I do, I honestly see a lot of people uh, responding in maybe the best way that they know how, which is great. Mm-hmm. Again, whether that's uh, trying to encourage people on social media or that. But I, I think uh, what it really kind of comes down to for a lot of those people is, I know that I shouldn't be afraid. I know that I shouldn't be maybe worried or uncertain about things, uh, but I still am. Yes, and that's the natural human yeah. human trait that we're going to uh, have those concerns because we are also parents, we're children of parents, and, and we have these relationships. Yeah. You're concerned because of relationships that exist. If I had no relationships in my life and only me to deal with, then I don't have to be concerned about anything. Right. But when others are dependent on you, uh, then you become concerned about the welfare of others. And as Christians, we know that those others are not just our immediate families, but it is the family of God, the, the, the church, our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. And therefore, we have these concerns that extend to them and even beyond, because the world has been given 
by God to be cared for by us and others, and that's our responsibility. Well, and in a way, a big part of our response to the things that are happening is just to take care of each other in the best way that we can, to remind each other of God's promises to us Mm -hmm. and go from there. Well, yeah, (laughs) exactly. And, And we have that ability to do it because we have... Uh, we have been redeemed. We have been saved because of of what Christ has done for us. We don't have to fear anything regarding our own lives, and that just throws the door wide open to being able to care for one another. And that, after all, is uh, what we are called by Christ to do. More than anything else, is to care for one another and love one another. Yeah, as you mentioned earlier, this time certainly presents plenty of those opportunities to do something that we probably already could be doing, right? (laughs) Yeah, well, exactly. As that verse that we mentioned in our our sermon on Sunday mentioned, perhaps we have been called into the kingdom for just such a time as this. Yeah. And I bet we didn't expect that it would look like this, did we? (laughs) You never know. who knows? (laughs) You never know where, where that intersection is going to occur between lives and events and God's plans and his purposes. It's happening all the time for somebody, but right now he's using this to intersect lives that we never, ever would have anticipated would be the case, and it's happening all over the world. You think that's it by, by happenstance, that this is, this is a worldwide thing? I certainly don't think so. No, not at all. And I think you see, that's, maybe that's one thing that we can kind of, kind of close our time with today is, you know, what are those ways that we see God's fingerprints all over this situation already, even though there's still a lot of bad stuff happening, right? I mean, the numbers that come out each and every day are are not usually good. Mm-hmm. There, there have been a couple of, that have leveled off, but overall it's not been good. And how is he at work during this time? What about you? In me, it's, it's caused me to rethink what's most important in serving the members of this congregation, for one thing. Worship together is important, singing together is important, but personal contact is more important. Yeah. And that's why our elders are on the phone right now making contact with all the members of our congregation so that they know that we're still here, that we know they're still there, and that we are caring for one another constantly. Yeah. At time like this, it reinforces for us what is most important within the church and within Uh, the members of the congregation as well. I think for me, it's been just seeing how God's presented those opportunities to us. Uh, For me personally, you get into a rhythm in doing things in your life or doing things in ministry, and it almost becomes too simple or too easy, or you take for granted the fact that there are plenty of ways to be serving other people, to be connecting with the gospel Mm -hmm. with other people. And, and for me, I've seen that in the past week. I feel like I've worked harder than I ever have before, even though I haven't actually seen anybody, because I, we take for granted being able to just have a conversation face-to-face with somebody. Exactly. And, yeah. and, and I, there's something I need to add to that. Go ahead. In, in my seminary classes, one of the things that they told, uh, taught us was, you know, a good sermon should take probably two days out of your week to put together, mm-hmm. to really do it. I'm going to say they're wrong. They're, they're, I, I'll cut that part out. I, I, I know you don't have to edit that part out. The, the good sermon takes four days a week of knowing what's going on. Oh yeah, and and knowing your people and developing the relationships that are necessary 
and then the sermon takes an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> You've got all that groundwork that's been laid for you, and that's right. you just go for it, right? Exactly. Well, Rich, we're to the end of our time. Are we really? Today. Yeah, wasn't that, that goes fast, It does. It? Well, maybe it's this 12 feet between us that speeded things up. <laughs> that's right. Yes, yes. We should put more distance between ourselves more often. Yeah, that's right. Well, you know, my old radio days, we always had a window separating, you know, the yeah. announcer from the production person yeah. on the other side. I'll look into that. Maybe we can just, if nothing else, we can set up cardboard boxes as yeah. our little booths. It'll look kind of like a Chicago convenience store. <laughs> that's right. You could be the guy who takes the money. <laughs> underneath the, the window and I'll oh, be on the other that's side. That's right. We'll just cut a little hole in there with some slits in it and right. we can talk through that. You right? got it. Yeah. All right. Well, Rich, why don't you go ahead and close us out with prayer today? I will do that. Heavenly Father, we come to you today seeking your power, your grace, your mercy extended to us, your healing hand on those who are victims of this disease. But especially we, we come to you thanking you that you have given us the encouragement, the strength through your Holy Spirit, the faith in your Son, to reach out to one another, to care about one another and love one another in the ways that that you showed us to do in your own life. And we thank you that uh, it was so often that you were healing people, showing us how to relate to them in these very difficult circumstances. We pray that each one of us will be guided and led by you to develop those relationships that last beyond this this current crisis so that we might be effective witnesses in your kingdom. Be with us, guide each of us, protect our families and ourselves. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, Rich. Well, it's been fun. It's been good. We'll talk to you next time. Yep. Goodbye from the other end of the table. (laughs) Here's the uh, sanitizer. Yeah, all right, here it comes.